You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Sometimes the best advice you can get for anything is from someone who has done what you want to do and been wildly successful doing it. That's the case for Crystal Landry, a native of Wisconsin who held the American record in the 25K and was a three-time All-American cross-country runner in college. He's also a running coach and a motivational speaker. In other words, just what we need right now. Welcome to the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Crystal. Thanks for having me. I did not know you were from Wisconsin, though. What part? Oh, yes. I'm a cheesehead. Excellent. I was born in Madison, Wisconsin, where both of my parents went to the University of Wisconsin. Very nice. Yeah, I'm wearing my Packer gear today. It's game day. <laughs> Got to beat the Bears. Uh, I did not realize they were playing in the first game. Yep, first wow. game. Are so. you sure you're from Wisconsin if you didn't realize <laughs> the Packers were playing today? Well, I grew up right outside Washington, D.C., so I am a Redskins fan. Oh, oh okay. Oh, boy. Okay, well, thanks for it's calling a in. sad existence. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the motivational talk, tell us how you got started running cross-country. Well, apparently, this is the story that I'm always told, is um, I used to run around the block when I was young. And my aunt, when she was babysitting, would say that I was running very slowly if I looked like I had more energy. And when I was finally tired, she would tell me I ran really fast around the block. Then she didn't have to do any work babysitting me. (laughs) So apparently that's how I got my start. Well, that's good, running around the block. You're born in Wisconsin, but go ahead. The first time I ran real cross country was in high school. It was my sophomore year. As my freshman year, I was on the golf team. Oh, okay. Cool. So you were in Virginia, right, for high school and college, right? Correct. So a lot of beautiful scenery and maybe some hills. Do you think that helped with your running career and like getting you that jump start, like besides the uh, daycare where you just ran around in circles? Well, us track runners are really good at running around in circles. Up in Northern Virginia, they have a lot of parks and paths that are great to run on, quite like Charlotte with the Greenway system and the numerous parks sprinkled around Mecklenburg County. I think that having someplace beautiful to run, some nice scenery outside, uh, really helps the time go by. And for me, at least, it's much more enjoyable than running on a treadmill. How did you stay, uh, you know, sometimes as a high schooler, there's so many distractions, so many things going on, parties, games kids, girls, (laughs) how'd you stay motivated to keep running? Well, I was at a governor's school, which is a public school, but it draws from multiple different counties. So the parties, we didn't really have to worry about quite as much seeing as um, people were spread out, you know, an hour driving in all different directions. I actually had a very short commute at 20 minutes. So the socialization mainly went on at school, and that was in your after-school programs in whatever method you chose. Mine was running, so that's cross-country, indoor track, and outdoor track. And so my group of friends was the the other runners on the team, and I got to run with them for an hour plus each day. 
uh, it's not all running, but warming up and stretching afterwards. So that was my group of friends. So I got to hang with them all day. And I've always been very competitive. I've been told growing up that you can't be competitive in everything. You won't have any friends or anything. So I chose running as my avenue to use as my competitive outlet. And it was always something I wanted to do better at. And that was right at the beginning of Diestat, which has changed over the years. But at that point, it was the first national website that I knew of for running. And what that did is it brought in my horizon. So I was no longer looking at being the best at my school or the best in my county or region. I could see what people were doing nationwide. And that made me have bigger goals and better expectations of myself and my team. There was this cross-country magazine for high schoolers called The Harrier that actually was still in print at that point. I don't know if they are now. And our team was trying our best to be on the top 20, which they released each year. And so that was what motivated us. I had a great team. We always did well at States. And having other people around you doing well and having success really makes it easy for you to stay focused and have success as well. Yeah, absolutely. That focus really helps. So can you kind of like walk us through that shift that you went through when you said, okay, so I don't want to just be the best in my school or best in the state, but I want to be like one of the best runners in the nation and how you ended up going pro and like that decision for you. Sure. So th there was a big step in between there, and that's college. You know, you run well in high school. We always went down to the national meet. At that point, it was at NC State. It was the Adidas Outdoor National Championships. And we ran a couple four-by-miles, but my senior year, I also did uh, – we stepped away from that, and I did the two-mile individually and the DMR, which is the distance medley relay. You go 1,200. 400, 800, 1600 as the legs. And I would run the 1600 split. And there was actually my team and another team from our district, which is about eight schools in Northern Virginia that were on the top heat. And we took something like third place and sixth place overall. We were sixth place. We didn't have a 400 leg really. And the night before I had run and finished third place in the two mile. So right there, I knew I could compete well, and I knew I could compete on the national stage when I'm taking an individual honor and then a team honor. And that was just a great way to finish a high school career. Then in college, I was All-American three times in cross country. However, on the track side, I kept on getting hurt. And I actually had six years of eligibility for indoor and outdoor track because I was hurt so often. They give you not only the fifth year, but you can apply for a sixth year of eligibility if you have missed two complete seasons, well, I missed even more than that. So I easily got my sixth year. And then at the end of that, I got hurt again. <laughs> but I'm slightly on the stubborn side. So when my coach took the peg, um, cross-country assistant track job up at the University of Michigan after my final year at Wayman Mary, I followed him up there and said, I'm not done yet. I haven't found out how good I can be, and that's what I want to do. I can want to find out what the limits of my body are in running and how good I can be. And that's where I started transitioning into professional running. It was a slow transition, 
I didn't race for the first like eight months I was up there. And I almost quit after the first year. So in college, my freshman year, I ended up with a PR in the 5K of right around 1401. My first year post-collegiately, my first race outdoors was a 5K. And it was the Raleigh Relays uh, over at NC State. And I ran a 1425K. So I mentioned my freshman time just for a comparison. I was about 20, I was about 30 seconds slower and it was all in the last mile. I, I crashed and burned in the last mile. So obviously I was not very happy with that race. Then I go out to California, get in a really good race, end up running 1410 and again, did not do well the last mile or so of the race. And so now I run a 1420 and a 1410. And my freshman year PR was 14.01. So I said, you know what? I've got one more race on my schedule. We're peaking for this race. It's the 10K out at Stanford. This is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, 10K in the U.S., which most people can get into. And I was in the second heat, which usually wins somewhere in the 28.10 range. So it's a, it's a fast race. And I end up going out to that race with the feeling that if I do not go and do well in this race, then that's it. I don't have it anymore. I'm going to find out whatever's next. And my splits for that race end up being 1420 and 1410 for the two 5Ks. And then I end up running 2830, which for a debut 10K is pretty fast. And it turned out that I still had it. And I was able to use that time to get me into road races later that summer and the next year. And things started going well from there. Shifting gears a little bit, you um, you do some motivational speaking, and I, I know you speak to younger audiences. Tell us about that mm -hmm. and, and what advice you give to young runners. So I like talking to high school runners. I feel like this sport has given me a lot, and I want to give something back to it. And so if a high school coach contacts me, we figure out a time, and I come into the school and I talk with the kids. What I mainly focus on is the mental aspect of the sport. The training, physical aspect of the sport, the day-to-day -day training stuff, uh, that's very important. Obviously, just thinking about the sport is not going to make you faster. You have to go out and do the training as well. However, there are many different aspects of training and many different ways you can approach it. And the last thing I want to do is show up to a school and say, hey, this is the way it should be done. And your coach is doing it all wrong. Give them mixed messages. Tell them not to listen to their coach. I think that would be a horrible approach. So when I go to a school, I focus on the mental aspects of running, which is usually not focused on so much on the high school level. And you can show up fit and ready to go and ready to PR and have your best day ever. But if you're not mentally focused and you go out there and you just jog because you are not on that day, you're not going to have a great time. You have to have the mental aspect in conjunction with the physical training to have your best races. And for me, I started out on the professional scene and I would come into races and sometimes I do really well. And sometimes mentally I would not do well and it would be a mediocre result. And I talked to my coach about it and he asked, what I was doing mentally to prepare for the race ahead of time. And I'm like, 
mentally prepare for the race. He's like, yeah, come on, you idiot. You got to do that. So I had a routine where I would mentally prep myself for a race. Uh, the race week leading up to it was about five days. I found four to five days was best for me anymore. And my excitement peaked too early. And then I wasn't so excited for the race come race day. And I needed about four days or so. Once I did that, I started having much more consistently good races. When you go out there and you have that magical day when everything feels good, it's going to be a great race. But you don't get that very often. For me, it might be one in 10, 12 races, you know, once a year, if that is when I would have that magical race when everything felt good and I could do no wrong and I just was awesome. But you have to be able to succeed in all of your races and not just that one where it feels good. And that mental preparation allowed me to have good and exceptional races when I wasn't feeling fantastic. I could go in and if it wasn't feeling great, I was prepared for that. I know that racing is going to be hard going in and that it's going to be difficult. It's going to hurt. But... I'm prepared for that. I'm, I know it's going to happen and it's okay. I am going to hurt. It's going to feel bad, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to ride the waves. And then at a certain point in the race, that's where I'm going to turn it up and really start attacking and going after my competitors. And so that is the aspect of my talks with the high school kids. And then I go into examples of how you may break down a course. Usually I use McAlpine as the course because most people in this area have raced there so it's very relatable yeah mcalpine's a very popular uh race course um speaking of races the um last year's winner uh james perez reached out to me after the race last year and said it would be a pretty cool thing if the Navant health charlotte marathon offered prize money and we talked about it for a little bit and um, I, I've thought about that in the past. It's not something I ever really had the desire to do. I just, um, I had my own preconceived ideas about it, but we sat and talked about it and, uh, I said, yeah, let's, let's pursue it. We'll give it a shot and see what happens. And he reached out to you and you are, uh, alongside him, uh, heading up an elite athlete program, uh, for the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Um, and that event now has prize money. Tell us about that, how you got involved and what you enjoy about that. Well, first off, I have to say it's, uh, very much in James's self-interest to talk you into that. So when he wins it again, exactly right. He'll have the prize the money this time. <laughs> and the he's hurt this can't year. be the one to bring that up. <laughs> Well, it's okay. James realized that it might look that way. So he made sure that he was hurt this year <laughs> and won't be able to compete. No repeat so, winner. Very unlikely this year, but it would be fantastic if it was. So I was out on a run last fall, last winter, after I retired from professional running. And James was on this run. And we started talking about it. And he invited me to be a part of it and to talk with you. And I was excited to help in any way I could. It's something where I have a lot of end user experience on the elite athlete side. And it's very fresh in my mind coming off of 
about eight years of being a professional athlete and going as an elite athlete to national class and world class road races. And I was hoping to bring some of that experience to the Charlotte Marathon and give the athletes who we are bringing in this year a first rate experience at the Charlotte Marathon and hope to uh, increase the caliber of the front pack of the Charlotte Marathon this year. Um, so tell us about some of the elite athletes that have committed to run this year's race. Well, we've got great athletes on both the men's and women's side. Uh, right now, we've got a couple athletes that have qualified off of the half marathon on the women's side. Running in the 121 range, we have Carly Seymour from Charlotte, North Carolina. We also have, uh, I believe it's Amanda Morris from Charlotte, also running a 254 in the full marathon coming in as her PR. And so we've got about four women who are going to be, we expect to be in our lead pack. And then on the men's side, I think we've got about five men. Uh, we have Jesse McIntyre, who has run 109 for the half marathon down in Greenville. We've got Michael Shiflett from Leesburg, Virginia, who has run 229 in the full marathon. And then we've also got Mike Mitchell and Seth Coloso, uh, who have run 233 and 234 in the full marathon. So we're going to have a nice pack both on the men's and the women's side up front. And we're looking for course records on both the men's and women's sides for this year. And just to be clear, they, they used a half marathon qualifying time to qualify. They're all competing in the marathon. So for, for listeners who are wondering if there's elite athletes and both, there may be, but the, the, the coordination effort is behind the marathon, uh, event and, and distance. And that's where the prize money is. So, um, you know, one of the things that I think is cool is having a lead pack go out and stick together through 13 or 14 miles, and then slowly you see one drop off and then another. But I always enjoy the duels. I'm always kind of a little disappointed when one runner goes out and just runs away with the whole thing, and it's never much of a competition. Um, so I'm hoping uh, with this effort that we do have uh, some competitive uh, events at least through the first 24, 25 miles. And, and then let's see what happens. And I, I'm also excited to see that some of the runners are from Charlotte, North Carolina. And to your point before, it, it's a great place to run and train and um, with the greenway system and some of the trails that we have uh, makes it a, makes it a great place. So, uh, yeah, and also you go ahead. Also, I will give out a shout out to Mecklenburg County, who has continued creating more greenways. I know just in the past couple of years that the Little Sugar Creek Greenway from Park Road Park going south has opened up, and then it opened up another segment as well, so that it goes all the way to 485 now, and that's about six miles of greenway that didn't exist a couple of years ago. And that they're opening up new greenways each year, uh, looking at their master plan so that there are more and more locations to run every year. And then also speaking to the front pack, 
not only will it be more competitive, but you're going to see faster times when people have someone to run with through 16, through 20 miles, instead of being solo and having to fight on all of the hills by themselves, they'll have someone to run with. When you're racing with someone rather than solo, it's very easy to see when you start to slow down or they start to pick it up. Because when you're running by yourself, you can always question, am I running an even pace? Am I slowing down? And I'm, am I speeding up? And when you're running stride for stride next to someone, it's very easy to see when they get half a step ahead of you and you know you have to pick it up. And the other part that it does is you don't have to have that mental concentration the whole time of, am I going the right pace? All you have to do is say, I'm going to stick on this guy's side or I'm going to stick right behind this person. And that's so much easier mentally than constantly focusing on the pace. What this allows you to do is save that mental energy for the last six miles of the race, which a lot of people call the second half of the race, for when you might be by yourself or when it gets really tough and you're still with those other people. So just having other people in the pack with you, you know, even if you're not drafting off of them, will help result in better times overall. And you're going to see the course record and the course and the winning times go down. Well, we're looking forward to it. Yep. And I uh, had heard through the grapevine, I know this isn't about running, but you're getting married this month. Congrats. So is, Thank you. is she a runner or are you like dragging her out on runs? What's the deal? <laughs> she has a better 400 PR than I do. Ooh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. She was a 400 meter racer, uh, as well as a 400 meter hurdler in college. She helped set the Michigan four by four school record. She split 52 points in the 400. So that is much faster than my 55 point 400 meter PR. Since then, she has converted to a distance runner and has run half marathons and marathons and I want to say 36 states and she's shooting for the full 50. Uh, her marathon PR is in the low 320s at the moment and she wants to get that down to 315. Wow. Very good. Maybe one day we'll see her in the elite athlete field at the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Well, that may be a tough call. Uh, she refuses to do state twice, but I feel like if I could offer her an elite <laughs> athlete entry, then maybe we could swing it, but she's got to get that PR down first. There you go. Hey, Christo, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate the insight and uh, the stories behind uh, some of the runners in Charlotte. Um, how do we get in touch with you if somebody wants to reach out and uh, ask about your uh, speaking calendar or coaching uh, advice. So I am a personal coach to anyone who wants to get better at the five kilometers through the marathon and up. I coach at ascentrunningcoaching.com. Ascent is A-S-C-E-N-T. And you can email me at Christo at ascentrunningcoaching.com. Or you can go to christolandry.com and the information is also up there. I look forward to helping out anyone who inquires and you can go online to book your free coaching consultation at any point.
So thank you very much for having me and best of luck to everyone who is running in the Charlotte Marathon weekend this year. Great. Thanks, Christo. We appreciate thank it. You. All right. Thanks, guys. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novon Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your hosts, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.